are worthy, Lord Jesus. We honor you, our glorious and soon-coming King. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. We honor you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah, we praise you, Lord Jesus. Glory to God. Well, tell your neighbor that you love them and you may be seated. Glory to God. God is good. Hallelujah. 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 God is so good. Amen. Boy, I like that song. Amen. Amen. We're going to take up our tithes and offerings, but before we do that, just real quickly, (laughs) uh, I just want to mention some of the the newer ones that are here. Um, Faith is here. I know this is her second time. She's sitting back over here, and I believe that's Cameron, right? Cameron sitting beside her, and her daughter's name is jo- Jocelyn. Thank you. I couldn't read the writing here. So <laughs> good to see you. Then we got Samuel and Chloe. Where are they at? No. Oh, your sister left. Okay, we're dismissed. Then let's go. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's good to have you, Samuel. Praise God. Then we got Chris- Christina and Taylor. Is it Taylor? Oh, hi, Taylor. Oh, she's cute. Hallelujah. And then we got Anthony over here. This is Ron's friend. Great to have him here. Amen. And, of course, Kim and Gracie, where are they at? And, and is Dane, right? Dane? There you are back there. Good to have them. See them again. Colton, he thinks it's his first time, but then he thinks it might not be his first time, so he really doesn't know. But it's good to have him here anyway. <laughs> and then over here we got Mike and Lindsay. That's, uh, that's where Riley actually has her esthetician shop in her place. Is that right? So awesome. Don't put a ranch. Come on, man. (laughs) Anyway, glory to God. It's so good to be here. Uh, We're going to take up our tithes and our offerings now. If you need an offering envelope for your giving, please slide a hand up. Thank you, Lord. You know, one of the things we, we do is we take up tithes and offerings for a reason. As I say to the people all the time, I don't do this as a religious practice. I do this as an act of faith. And we do it because we love. For God so loved the world that he gave, we give because we love. We love God, we love one another, and we love those out in the world who are lost and don't know Jesus. And as you give, you got to remind yourself what it's going for, to help people come to know Jesus, because he is the answer. Amen. And, 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 we are a, a church that supports ministries all over this world. We actually have a church we support that's in the heart of Moscow. has a, a sister church in Kyiv, if I said that right. But isn't that amazing? He has a church in Moscow and Kyiv. And uh, uh, we support that church. We've actually sent uh, lots of money over there to help them, getting some food over to the people there that are being uh, at war right now. Uh, we support ministries in... Uh, the Philippines. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. And, and uh, the reason I bring that up is because we believe that the gospel message is free, but it costs money to get the gospel message out there. How many know that's true? And there are certain, we don't give to every ministry. That wouldn't be possible, but we give the ministries that we, we believe bear fruit, fruit for the kingdom of God. Amen. And, and 
as I like to say to our people, one day when we get to heaven, someone's going to walk up to you and say, hey, thank you. Thank you so much. I'm here because of you. And you're going to look at them and say, I've never seen you before. And then they're going to say, oh, you gave to this missionary, and that missionary reached out to me, and I got born again. Ooh, glory to God. I believe that's going to be going on in heaven for a long time. Amen? Hallelujah. So anyway, we give because we love. We love God first. We love each other. And we love those out in the world. And so when you give this morning, we're going to do it as an act of faith. Why don't you go ahead and hold it up, and we're going to pray over it right now. Father, right now, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the opportunity to bring our tithes and our offerings into this local storehouse. We do fully believe, Father God, that you are taking these tithes and offerings and using them to further the kingdom in the earth today. We believe to reach more and more for Jesus Christ because we know he's coming back real shortly. And we just expect, Father God, great harvest to come back to us. You want us blessed. Why? So we can continue to be a blessing. We give you praise and glory now for these things. In Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. amen. Thank you, sir. Oh, while they're taking that up, let me just share this with you. Um, just recently, uh, someone gave the church, who doesn't even attend the church, $1,300 to get a new computer. So Casey and I went uh, on, what day was that, a couple days ago? Anyway, a couple days we went into Costco, and we were able to get a, a computer that's normally $1,300. It was on sale for uh, I mean, $1,000, I think it was, $1,099. But anyway, it's an incredible computer. So praise God. God is good. Amen? And just like someone gave us money to get our own church computer, glory to God, I believe people are going to give us money to get our own church building. Woo, hallelujah, praise the Lord. Amen. Well, we're going to do some, something a little bit differently this morning. Um, we're not going to dismiss our children. And all you children said, glory to God. <laughs> anyway, uh, we just wanted to keep them in here. I'm not going to preach a long time. I have a message that the Lord has given me. And um, I believe it will greatly bless you. If it doesn't bless you, it's going to bless me again because I like to, I've been going over and over and again, and it's, it's pretty powerful. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we come in Jesus' name. We do commit the rest of our time to you. I believe for the anointing upon my life to preach the word. I believe the spirit of the Lord is risen upon me. That you've anointed me to preach the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. I believe also for the anointing upon the people here, upon their eyes and ears, so they can see the word as it's meant to be seen and hear the word as it's meant to be heard. I declare their hearts fertile ground for the seed and water of the word now. We look to you for increase, almighty God. And Father God, I believe by your grace, we're not just going to be a bunch of hearers in this room only, but we're going to be doers thereof. And as doers of the word, we shall be blessed in what we do. In Jesus' name, and everyone said... Amen. Now, turn with me in your Bibles, if you have one, to Romans chapter 1. You don't have a Bible, you can look up here. And as you're turning there, I want to say something to you. We're gathered here on this Easter morning to reflect upon the great sacrifice that Jesus Christ made when he shed his innocent blood for you and me and went to die on that old rugged cross. But my friends, as much as this is a time of reflection, it's also a time 
of celebration. Oh, thank you, Lord. We're here to celebrate the very thing that separates Christianity from all the other religions that are out there. We're here to celebrate the resurrection of our Lord. Hallelujah. Romans chapter 1, verse 1 says, Paul, a bondservant of Jesus Christ, called to be an apostle, separated to the gospel of God, which he promised before through his prophets in the Holy Scriptures, concerning his son Jesus Christ, our Lord, who was born of the seed of David, according to the flesh, and declared to be the Son of God with power, according to the spirit of holiness, by the resurrection from the dead. The New Living Translation says that last verse, verse 4 of Romans 1, and he was shown to be the Son of God when he was raised from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. He is Jesus Christ, our Lord. Friends, the very fact that Jesus was raised from the dead places him in a class all by himself. Muhammad is dead. Buddha is dead. Confucius, dead. But not my Jesus. My Jesus is alive. Hallelujah. Did you realize that other religions can compete with Christianity in certain areas? For example, followers of other religions might say, you have a holy book? Well, so do we. You have a large following? Well, so do we. You have buildings where you go to to worship your God? Well, so do we. But, and this is a big but, their gods are dead. My Jesus is his life. He's been raised from the dead. End of conversation. Now, I realize that many a person out in this world uh, might object to that statement. Oh, they might believe that Jesus was a very real person who walked this earth one day. They might believe that he was a teacher and and, and maybe even a prophet. But when you come to, to start talking about how Jesus was made sin with your sins and then died on that cross, and was raised from the dead, they're saying, "Uh uh-uh, I don't believe that. I don't believe in the resurrection. Well, I have news for you. If the resurrection never took place, then what in the world are we doing here? Instead, we ought to be out there doing something else. Rather, sitting in this room, listening to me, talking about someone who's still dead and buried. Turn with me to 1 Corinthians 15, or once again, look up here. I'm going to read some scriptures from the Amplified Bible in 1 Corinthians 15, beginning in verse 12. And let's, listen to what the Bible says about this. I don't know if a lot of people even knew this was in the Bible. But now if Christ the Messiah is preached as raised from the dead, how is it that some of you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there's no resurrection of the dead, then Christ has not risen. And if Christ has not risen then our preaching is in vain. It amounts to nothing. And your faith is devoid of truth, and it's fruitless, without effect, empty, imaginary, unfounded. We are even discovered to be misrepresenting God, for we testified of him that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise, in case it's true that the dead are not raised. For if the dead are not raised then Christ has not been raised. And if Christ has not been raised, your faith is mere delusion. It's futile. It's fruitless. 
and you are still in your sins under the control and penalty of sin. And further, those who have died in spiritual fellowship with union uh, with Christ have perished. They're lost. Verse 19, if we who are abiding in Christ have only hope in this life, and that is all, then we are, of all people, most miserable and to be pitied. Did you hear that? But I want you to notice something here. How the Apostle Paul, under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, responds to all of this. He goes on to stay here in these verses that if there was no resurrection, then our preaching is in vain. It amounts to nothing. In other words, I'm up here blowing smoke and wasting your time. Number two, if there was no resurrection, then our faith is devoid of truth and is fruitless. It's without effect. It's empty. If there's no resurrection, our faith is a mere delusion. It's futile. It won't accomplish anything. It won't change anything. And it won't bring us anything. If our resurrection, if there was no resurrection... I, along with all the other ministers out there, preaching the gospel, are false witnesses. Did you hear that? We are misrepresenting God by saying that Jesus was raised from the dead. Number four, if there was no resurrection and Christ was not raised from the dead, then no one else, no one else will ever be raised from the, from the dead, including you and me. Number six, if there was no resurrection, we're still under the control and penalty of sin. And the Bible is very clear about this in Romans chapter 6, that the wages of death, the wages of sin, excuse me, is death. The wages of sin is death. And that's just not talking about physical death, my friends. It's also talking about spiritual death. Because if a person dies in their sins, they will be eternally separated from a pure and holy God and ended up a place, a very real place called hell. Number uh, six, if there was no resurrection, all of those who have believed on Jesus down through the years and have since died, they're lost. My mom is lost. My dad is lost. My little girl is lost. Everyone you know who's died in the Lord is lost. And if there was no resurrection, then all of us who have believed on Jesus have only hope for this life. And we, of all people, are most miserable and to be pitied. Friends, if Jesus has not risen from the dead, as I said earlier, then what in the world are we doing here? Should be in our bed sleeping, or someone's house having a party, playing games, having a good time, doing something than just sitting here hearing about a Savior who's still dead. In fact, in verse 32 of the same account we just read and from uh, 1 Corinthians 15, this is crazy. This is in the Bible. It says this, if the dead do not raise, I mean, do, do not rise, let us eat and drink, for tomorrow we die. Listen to it from the Living Bible. If we will never live again after we die, then we might as well go and have ourselves a good time. Let us eat, drink, and be merry. What's the difference? For tomorrow we die, and that ends everything. 
So to not believe in the resurrection is to believe that Jesus was one of the biggest liars to ever walk the face of this earth because over and over again, he spoke of his resurrection. And if he was lying about that, that calls into question everything else he's ever said. Plus, it makes his disciples out to be some of the biggest liars as well. Because this doctrine of the resurrection was the cornerstone of their apostolic teaching. And it also makes them out to be false witnesses because they claim to be eyewitnesses of Jesus being raised from the dead. Friends, listen. If the resurrection wasn't true, <laughs> what difference does it make if Noah built an ark? If the resurrection's not true, what difference does it make if Moses led the children of Israel out of Egyptian bondage through the Red Sea up to the land of promise? What difference does it matter make if, it, if David slew Goliath? What difference does it make if the children of Israel conquered Jericho by letting out a, shot, a shout and the walls came crashing down? What difference does it make if Daniel spent a night in the lion's den? What difference does it make if the three Hebrew children, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, came out of the fiery furnace without one hair singed nor the smell of smoke? What difference does it make if Jesus walked on the water, fed the thousands, and healed the sick, and set the captives free? What difference does it make if the early church grew rapidly and did the works of Jesus? What difference does it make if Paul penned most of the New Testament? Friends, what, does it, what difference does it make if there's even a Bible? We might as well just throw this away. If the resurrection isn't true, then all of those things and much, much more are totally worthless and meaningless to us. It comes down to this, and I want you to hear this. You can't have a living faith with a dead Savior. You can't have a living faith with a dead Savior. But hear me now. Jesus is alive. I said Jesus is alive. He's been raised up from the dead. I believe that he willingly came to this earth. He willingly laid aside his power and might. And he emptied himself of all his godly attributes. And became a human being just like you and me. I believe he willingly submitted himself to the Father's will. And he always did those things that pleased the Father. I believe that he willingly accepted the penalty and punishment of all our sins, including yours and mine, even though he had never sinned. I believe that he willingly laid down his life. He was scourged mercilessly and then died the death of the cross. He willingly went into the heart of the earth to pay the penalty for all of man's sins, once again, including yours and mine. I believe, my friends, he did all of that. And he did all of that not for himself, but for us. Whoo, glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. And then after three days, three days and three nights, in the heart of the earth, something miraculous happened. Something, as I said earlier, sets Christianity apart from all the other religions out there. 
the heavenly father looked down from the banisters of heaven declared enough he's paid the price and at that very moment the holy spirit went into the heart of the earth into the pits of hell and raised jesus from the dead as 1 Corinthians 15, 20 from the Amplified says, but the fact is that Christ the Messiah has been raised from the dead. So my friends, what does the resurrection mean to us today? Number one, the res resurrection vindicates all the claims Jesus made about himself. For example, right after he had cleansed the temple in John chapter 2, the Bible tells us this, John 2 beginning in verse 18. So the Jews answered and said to Jesus, What signs do you show to us since you do these things? Jesus answered and said to them, Destroy this temple, and in three days I will raise it up. Then the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple, and you will raise it up in three days? But he was speaking of the temple of his body. Therefore, when he had risen from the dead, his disciples remembered that he had said this to them. And they believed the scripture in the word that Jesus had said. Glory to God. If Jesus could back up that promise that he would be raised from the dead, it stands to reason. He can back up any and all of the other promises he's ever made. Glory to his name. Number two, what does the resurrection mean today to you and me? The resurrection, I like this one. The resurrection signified that Jesus was completely and completely successful over death, hell, and the grave. Listen to this. Colossians chapter 2, verse 12. I'm going to read it from the Passion Translation. Oh my goodness. For we've been buried with him into his death. Our baptism into death also means we were raised with him. When we believed in God's resurrection power, the power that raised him from death's realm. This realm of death describes our former state, for we were held in sin's grasp. But now we've been resurrected out of the realm of death. Notice, never to return. Woo, for we are forever alive and forgiven of all our sins. He canceled out every legal violation we had on our record. And the old arrest, uh, arrest warrant that stood to indict us, he erased it all. Our sins, our stained soul, he deleted it all. And they cannot be retrieved. Everything we once were in Adam has been replaced onto his cross. And now permanently there is a public display of cancellation. Now notice this next verse. And if this don't get you excited, your woods are wet. It, listen to this. Then Jesus made a public spectacle of all the powers and principalities of darkness, stripping away from them every weapon in all their spiritual authority and power to accuse us. And by the power of the cross, Jesus led them around as prisoners in a procession of triumph. He was not their prisoner. They were his. Woo! Glory to God. What's this saying? It's telling us that Jesus whooped the devil and disarmed the forces of evil and then he paraded them before all of heaven and all of hell as vanquished and defeated foes. And now Jesus, Jesus will always be known as the triumphant one, the victorious one. And the devil, the devil shall always be known as the eternal loser. 
Thank you, Jesus. As I said earlier, Jesus didn't do all this for himself. He didn't need it. He did all of this for us. He was our substitute. He took our place. And when he defeated the enemy, praise God, it was written down to our credit that we defeated the enemy in him. Therefore, we now have the authority to tell the devil to take his hands off of our families, off of our businesses, off of our finances, off of our health, and so forth. Glory to God. He is our risen Lord. Woo! Number three, what does the resurrection mean to us today? The resurrection of Jesus is the power and promise of our resurrection. As one minister wrote, Christ undertook a battle not rightly his. We share in a triumph not rightly ours. Glory to God. That's why we can say with confidence, this is written in Romans chapter 8, we are more than conquerors through him that loves us. Woo! Romans chapter 6 verse 4 and 5 says, Therefore we were buried with him through baptism into death, that just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. For if we have been united together in the likeness of his death, certainly, certainly we also shall be in the likeness of his resurrection. Woo! 1 Corinthians 15, 20 says this, But now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of those who have fallen asleep. My friends, we were crucified with him. We were buried with him. We were made alive together with him. We were raised with him. We've been made to sit in the heavenly places with him. Friends, Jesus is the first fruits in every one of us who have believed on him. Both those living and dead are the harvest that follows. We too are now alive unto God. We are new creations in Christ Jesus. Oh, I love that. We are children of the Most High God. You've been adopted into the family of God. Oh, and it's all because Jesus died for you and me, and Jesus was raised to life again. Now, in conclusion, let me share a story with you. This is a true story. 200 miles northeast of Los Angeles is a place a baked-out gorge called Death Valley. Probably most of you have heard of it. It's the lowest place in the United States. It's uh, 276 feet below sea level. It's also the hottest place in this country with an official recording of 134 degrees. Don't complain when it gets up to about 100 here. <laughs> Streams that flow into Death Valley only evaporate in the scorching heat. In fact, only two and a half inches of rain falls on this barren wasteland throughout the year. Two and a half inches. But some years ago, an amazing thing happened. Due to a freak weather pattern, rain fell into that bone-dry place for 19 days straight. Now get this. Suddenly, millions of seeds which had laid dormant for untold years, burst into bloom. This valley of death 
exploded into beauty, color, and life. My friends, that's the message of the resurrection. Life springs forth from death. A desert becomes a garden. Beauty transcends the ugly. Love overcomes hatred. A tomb is emptied. And the grim and haunting outline of a cross is swallowed up in the glow of an Easter resurrection morning as the sun, S-O-N, begins to shine. Woo! My friends, Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. I said Jesus is alive. As the old hymn says, because he lives, we shall live also. Woo! Glory to God. We shall live also. Please bow your heads with me. I don't want anybody looking around. I want everybody right now to close your eyes. And I want you to think of a, someone standing before you. His name is Jesus. And I want to ask you this question. Do you know that you know him? It's not enough that your mom, your dad, your sister, your brother, or friend has received Jesus into their, their hearts. The only thing that matters is have you personally asked Jesus to come into your heart. Salvation belongs to every one of us. It's already been, it's already a done deal. All we do is accept it by faith now. I remember years ago, having been all, out all night, actually for a couple of days snorting cocaine, traveling home, and I cried out to God, God, I can't do this anymore. I need help. And I'm going to tell you something. When I called out to him, when I took a step to him, he came running to me. And he picked my life up out of that muck and mire I had gotten myself into. And he began to enter into my heart and, and, and into my soul to change my life. And I want you to know this today. The very same Jesus that I've been talking about. The one who died on the cross for you. The one who's been raised from the dead for you. All he wants is you. You don't have to do anything as other religions tell you you have to do. All it takes is a heart that calls out to him and say, Jesus, come into my heart. I confess you as my Lord and my Savior. That's all it takes. I want everyone in this room hearing me right now, anyone watching via live stream that's never asked Jesus into their hearts. I want every one of you to be in heaven when I get there. I want you to be rejoicing with me forever in the presence of my Lord. It's available to you right now. And if I'm speaking to you on this occasion, I'm not going to embarrass anybody in this room. Nobody's looking around. But if you don't know for certain if you left the earth today, you'd go to be with Jesus. I'm giving you that opportunity right now. I want you to just slide a hand up and say, Pastor Dan, I want to know Jesus. I want to receive him into my heart right now. If I'm speaking to you, go ahead and slide a hand up right now. Anybody in here, I see that hand. Anyone else would say that's me. Anyone else would say that's me. Don't hold back. This is the time. This is the time. This is the time I see that hand. I see that hand. Glory to God. Once you raise your hands, you can put them down. Anybody else would say, I see that hand. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. 
I see that hand. Yes. Yes. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Anyone else would say, that's me. About four or five hands have gone up. Hallelujah. 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 Glory to God. Well, this is what I'm going to ask you to do. This is different. This is Easter. If you raise your hand, I want you to stand up. Come on. Stand up. Just those who have raised their hands or those who should have. Stand up. Go ahead. And I want you to walk up front right here. Come on up here. I tell you what, this service, I'm so pumped and excited to have you. Oh, glory to God. Come on up. You guys just come on up here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I tell you what, this gets me happy. Hallelujah. Just line up. Face me. Go ahead and face me. Line up right here. Up right here. <laughs> come on down here. See how many hold you? You're 11? How old are you? Nine? Can you scoot down just a little bit? Can you stand right beside her, right over there? Come over here. Stand right here. Can you stand right there? Thank you, buddy. Okay, line up, face me so I can see you. You come over here. Come here. Will you stand by her? Here, there you go. Thank you. Now, this is the best decision every one of you will ever make in your life. This sets your eternal destiny. You may not understand that completely right now, but see, we, as human beings, live forever. We're either going to live forever with God, or we're going to be separated from Him. But by asking Jesus into your heart right now, you go from a state of death into life. You become a child of God. That's what it's all about. I made that choice years ago, and it changed me. I went from a druggie. I went from getting drunk all the time to now a pastor. God got a hold of me changed it's how good he is and you have a destiny to fulfill my friend every one of you i don't care how young you are how old you are you have a destiny he designed just for you to make a difference in this world for jesus will you guys do something with me now just take a hand and slide it up to heaven like this it's not hard and i'm going to ask you to repeat this prayer and mean it from your hearts i want you to say heavenly father Every one of you say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Jesus, I invite you into my heart to save me. I surrender all to you, Lord Jesus. I believe by this confession of faith that I'm now born again. Heaven is now my home. By grace, from this day forward, I'm going to live for Jesus, sold out to Jesus. I love you, Lord, and I thank you for all of this. In Jesus' name, amen. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Now, I want to do one more thing, and we'll be done, and then we're going to pass out candy, candy to the kids and the big kids. And we got a lot of stuffed animals to pass out as well.
want everybody to bow your head one more time. Will you do that for me? Again, I'm not going to drag this out. But maybe some of you would say, I'm a Christian, but I sure haven't been living for Jesus. I've been doing my own thing, and I want to get right with the Lord. I just need to rededicate myself to Jesus. If I'm speaking to you on this occasion, again, eyes closed, nobody looking around, and I'm not even going to ask you to come up this time. But you need to get right with the Lord. I want you to slide a hand up right now. Anybody need to get right? I see those hands. Once you raise them, you don't have to put them down. Hallelujah. You need to get right with Jesus. I see that hand back there. Glory to God. About three, four hands have gone up. Anyone else say, I need to get right with Jesus? All right. I want everybody to look up at me. and I'm going to pray one more prayer. And I want everybody to pray it with me. As Christians, shouldn't be a big deal. We're just praying along with our other family members. But people that need to get right with Jesus. I want everybody to slide a hand up just like we did with those up front and say, Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus once again. I ask you to forgive me for doing things my own way. I call upon the blood of Jesus. I receive the cleansing flow of that precious blood. I believe I'm forgiven. And Father God, I ask you, for your divine enablement to live not just today but all the rest of my days for Jesus Christ I thank you for it now in Jesus name amen hallelujah glory to God thank you thank you Gracie hallelujah praise the Lord well again I thank you so much for coming out I'm tremendously blessed and we're going to pass out things now for the kids. I'm going to need some helpers. Thank you, ma'am. Um, if the children would just come and line up, line up. And Davey, can you stop them right there? Sit in that chair. Just come. Come on up, Nisi. Line up. Zay, Zay, come on, boy. Riley. Riley. Oh. We take that right there. Hold on, don't get those yet. Don't get those yet, Zay Zay. Just stand there. Look good. Yeah, come on. All right, I got a pound of candy. I measured these. I used a scale. So nobody thinks you're getting ripped off. A pound of candy. It's guaranteed to put 10 pounds. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Hallelujah. Who wants a 